Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox post game show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into a remote version of the post game show. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And alongside me, Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He is the CHGO White Sox community leader. And Herb, we are coming to you live after another, and this for the seventh straight time, a White Sox loss. The White Sox get shut out by the Minnehota Twins and Bailey Ober, four to nothing. Bailey Ober goes seven and one third, no earned runs, 10 Ks, one walk. Lance Lynn had a, a, a bad start, five innings, four earned runs, three Ks, one walk, allowing 10 hits. Herb, I don't want to spend too much time on this because there was some real news today um, coming from the White Sox world. So we'll be touching on the possible new manager in 2023 and talk about some of the reports that have been coming out. But what are your thoughts on this game? Another rousing one from the Sox. I knew that during the Detroit series that some of the players gave up. It was pretty much a total team give up today. I mean, the only one that really had a quality at bat, and the only ones that uh, I think the only one they walked today was um, Yohan Moncada, and his at-bats were pretty good. It's very pathetic. Bailey Ober is good, decent, nice pitcher, above-average pitcher, and did this same similar thing to the White Sox at the end of last year. But for him to have career-high in innings and career-high in strikeouts versus this team is sad. It's very sad that the White Sox go out like this no pride in themselves, no pride in the uniform that they wear, no pride in the, the team they represent, none of that stuff. And I thought you would go out at least and have, you know, some career numbers or try to get your numbers up in these games that don't matter, the last nine games that don't matter. But no, they're ready for golf. They're ready for going back home and enjoying their offseason. I don't know why these guys are even in the starting lineup if they're not going to give quality effort. Hey, the people that, you know, everyone usually shits on Yohan Moncada. It seems like he's the only one that's really giving the effort. And I think Jose Abreu um, is giving effort. I just think that he's completely gassed. So, yeah, I mean, but this, that's, the, that's the last guy I'm going to bag on. I forgot what inning it was. It might have been the fourth inning. He swung at a pitch. It was a one-two pitch, I believe. It was 60 feet, so it dirted in the left-handed batter's box. I know. It was not close. It was never a strike. I understand sometimes swinging at a slider is a thing where you know it starts off in the zone and it looks good and then it just has some late movement this was never a strike jose gave a pathetic effort there where he just wanted to go back to the bench and chill out it was not good he gave up two today in my opinion damn all right herbie we're not we're not holding back today on this tuesday i love it uh and i do love our youtube commenters because they are uh, as strong as ever uh al red coming in strong the first comment saying socks make mediocre pitchers look like cy young um clark you know basically saying the same thing as well socks versus mediocre righties um and also chiming in that the socks when they give up four runs have a record of seven and 13 i, I want to go to bailey ober's pitch count or pitch mix here and show you what he was working with today we noticed that eduardo rodriguez the left-hander against the tigers was mainly working east to west against the Sox, working in and out versus the Sox as a lefty and that had good success uh bailey over today um using the slider and fastball at the same amount 33 pitches uh each so throwing a total of 66 fastballs and sliders 91 total we talk about called strikes strikes plus whiffs uh, a lot on this show 38 percent for ober major league average is 27 the Sox were able to follow off a couple balls and the average exit velocity against Ober was 94.2. So when the Sox were able to square up balls, they were at least driving them a decent amount. I think I saw a stat, the, there was a, the point, I think they might've finished uh, with this. Uh, they did end up having a home run. Yeah. Walner ended up having a home run and that mm -hmm. was the hardest uh, hit ball today at 113. Uh, but the Sox had three of the five hardest hit balls today. Uh, Eloy with 112, Eloy with 110, AJ Pollock 108. And I think Mankata had two good swings or at least two good at bats. I mean, even the Duran one, um, you think in the ninth inning last at bat after Yohan Mankata falls a ball off his feet, uh, foot and mm -hmm. hits the dirt that Yohan Mankata is probably going to give up, but he, he 
squared up a ball that I thought he actually drove pretty well uh, to end that game against Duran. So, uh, you know, I, I think we can look at the pitch map here. It was very clear what Ober was doing. He was just commanding the fastball well and the slider well. He worked up and into righties uh, with his fastball and then low and away with the slider. Um, and the White Sox really couldn't pick up that slider. And as Frank Mina, Mina Kino, as, wow, I can't say that name today. Frank Mina, You don't need to much longer. People. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Uh, is Frankie Minichino, fuck the home run, uh, said the White Sox were getting slider to death uh, in Cleveland. And that was around the 10th or 11th game. And the White Sox needed to be more disciplined and take walks. Bailey Ober had only had one walk today, and that was from against Yohan Moncada. And, you know, they just weren't patient today and they really weren't able to identify what was a fastball and what was a slider. And credit to Bailey Ober for not making too many mistakes when he threw fastballs high and in. They were high and in when he threw fast uh, sliders low and away. They were mostly low and away. So very good job there uh, by Bailey Ober. Got to got to tip the cap when at least they follow the game plan. That was the game plan. And the White Sox just couldn't do shit about it. Yeah, and Bailey Oper has been good. I said before the season that he will be a problem uh, in the future. Uh, that length at six seven coming at you with all those levers is probably uh, challenging for some of the hitters to pick up that ball, and the ball probably gets on you pretty quickly. Even though you know he has like a mid nineties fastball, it's probably seems a little bit faster because with the long levers, it gets there much quicker than a regular pitcher who's like six one. So yeah, I got to give credit to him. But the White Sox did not like solve them like until the fourth inning when you got the double from Yohan Moncada and then silence after that for a long time. I I would tweet it out that after the Yohan Moncada double, I went to walk Ziggy and came (laughs) back. Nothing had changed except for the Walner two run home run. I just came back after he hit that home run. So it was like, yeah, like can we at least have some good at bats? Can we at least get some good effort versus the guy? Like this has been a theme throughout the year. If this was a one-off, where Bailey Ober was dominant, I can maybe say, okay, Bailey Ober just had our number today. But we've seen this with Bo Brisky. We've seen this with uh, Daniel Lynch, who's a left-hander. We've seen this with uh, Singer early in the year when he was struggling. So it's been way too many of these mediocre to good right-handers doing this to the White Sox and making them look silly. You're not wrong about that. We had a a question, or I had a question on Twitter uh, from Sean Janko asking, do you think the White Sox are going to change hitting coach? Uh, I've been saying for a while that I think they should. uh, And I also looked up uh, no hitting coaches last two regimes or two managers. And uh, uh, Frank was hired for Ricky and then obviously has been on staff uh, for Tony La Russa. So I don't think that he would make it this year. I got a couple questions also in the chat as well to want to answer. White Sox Tom asking, where is Vinny at? Vinny will join us later because he's in Minnesota, which is pretty cool. Uh, Vinny's out uh, at at Target Field. Uh, so he should be joining us uh, shortly. Uh, he's probably talking to the players and coaches right now. I'm not sure if he's talking to Miguel Cairo, who got ejected, um, but he <laughs> might be. Uh, and uh, he'll be coming with a report from Target Field soon. Uh, and then also uh, Anthony Oderwall saying, Sean, respect the hell out of you, but you don't tell me Mankata is give, only giving effort. Dude is a bust and does not care about winning games. He will be at a new music video the day after the season. Anthony, I also respect you. I see you in the comments all the time. I'm talking about today. That's it. I'm I'm not talking about anything else today. He gave a good effort. Um, He was the only player that walked on the Chicago White Sox. Um, I think that he had some good at bats. Um, He had an exit velocity of 102 against Duran, 102 on a swinging. Oh, that was the pitch velocity. I'm sorry. Uh, Let me check that again. Uh, He did have an exit velocity of 102 and 106 when he did swing. So he had two uh, balls that he actually hit today, uh, both over 100 miles per hour and had a walk. So I think that the effort that Mankata gave today was good. And I get that's, it. that's not a statement on what, what he's been in his White Sox career, but today he's been good. And I get people get on him because of the music video. Why can't he do something different in his offseason? If he wants to do that, cool, let him do his thing. Hell, as long as he comes back and plays well. Like when he did his offseason music video, he had a good year. He had a decent year. I think that was last year. He just had coming back from COVID. I don't care what he does in his offseason. That's his time. He doesn't have to be 100% baseball, thinking about baseball, loving baseball. Go and do your damn music video if you want to. But when you show up in 2023, it's time to work. Have a much better year. This was a shit year. And from time to time, yes, effort was lacking from Yohan Mankata. But you're gonna he's going to be on the White Sox this next year. And you got to give him credit when he does show that extra effort or when he is the best player on the field, which he was for the White Sox today. Do you have any other comments about today's game before we uh, move on? No, it was a shit game. The team should be, <laughs> um, they should be upset. This should put the nail in the coffin. Anybody thinking about Miguel Cairo coming back because he obviously cannot lead them and have them be professional in the last games. They've lost all seven of them. We saw that the uh, thing 
the graphic that they put up that the White Sox have had six quality starts in this six-game losing streak, now seven-game losing streak. Today broke that up a little bit with the uh, Lance Lynn effort of five innings and four on runs. Yeah, and then uh, the standings uh, haven't been updated just yet, but the Tampa Bay and Cleveland game just went final. 6-5 uh, after 11. So the Sox will still be 10 games back. Cleveland will fall to 86 and 68. Uh, their seven game win streak is now snapped and they are eight and two in their last 10. That poor franchise. Uh, the White Sox, 76 and 78. They're 10 and a half games, but 10 games back uh, of the Guardians. The Twins improved to 75 and 79. Uh, nothing else to talk about on this game, but I do want to talk about a couple commenters and then we'll get into the managerial search. Uh, I don't know if this is how you say it. Herb, you need to help me here. I don't know if it's Joe Sue. I don't know if it was Josie and Joe C missed the uh, I button um, instead of the U button um, or if it is Joe Sweet, um, but it's uh, Cardenas. Joe Sweet. Joe Sweet Cardenas. Yeah, uh, that one. Been watching you guys all season. Never commented until now. Very much appreciated that. Uh, and this team is absolutely embarrassing. They need to get booed off the field the last couple of home games. I agree. Maybe just not the last home game because uh, we're going to be trying to support Jose Abreu because it might be his final time. And I, I I know this is bad to say. I hope it is his final time in a White Sox uniform. Uh, but he deserves all the credit and respect uh, for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, Escape the Ma- Escape from Madhouse says Josie like the Steely Dan song. I know the name Josie, but it was spelled J- J-O- S U E. So I just I just want to make sure I'm checking all the bases Joe, here. I think it's Joe Sway. Okay. Hey, I I am I'm, I'm not uh, all, all hip to, uh, to to every name, you know. Uh, but I do want to also uh, give a shout out to uh, it was my guy, and now I'm blanking on the name. I feel like a dick. Um, I, Weber. No, yesterday yesterday I went to a concert with uh, Alec S, who usually is in the comments. Um, and I went we went to a bar to catch up because uh, Alec uh, from Chicago then moved to Kansas City. Um, so we were catching up with uh, his brother and, and my friend Marty. Um, and then we had uh, this woman came up to me and asked if she could buy me a drink. And I was like, Oh, oh I don't boy. drink. Hey, hey, hey. I don't buy. I, I don't drink. Uh, but I, I'll I'll take water. You know, if if you really insist, like that's fine. Um, and then a guy came over and gave me the water, and I I. I, I, Alec, I see you in the chat. I feel so bad because I think it's Ethan or Eric. Um, I know everything else about him. I knew his name before this podcast started, and now the microphone is on in front of my face, and I cannot remember the name. Uh, but he came over and was just like, "Love the podcast," and it was very cool uh, to be recognized. I can't lie. Uh, but my guy, uh, he works at uh, Sam's Club. Uh, and uh, he was telling me he gets up at 3 a.m. and listens to us. And I was like, man, what a rude wake up call. This is what my man's going to wake up to. Uh, and yeah, Alex saying pretty sure it was Eric. Um, it was very loud in that bar. And uh, apparently I have extreme memory loss uh, here. Um, but you were uh, in the hood. Yeah, you were, uh, you were in the neighborhood. You're saying yeah, you're at the, the Riv? Riviera. That's right down the street. Oh, man. Yeah, we should've went said, to should have said what's up. And then we went to the Uptown Lounge. I think. Yeah, Uptown Lounge is right down the street. Yeah, they, they were playing good music there. Um, yeah. And that's why I couldn't hear Eric <laughs> because I, it was so loud in there. I'm going to go with Eric. I think it was Eric. I know it's an E name uh, and I feel real bad, but I remember him. Uh, he had a nice beard and everything. Uh, and and he's, he seemed shy to talk to me, which was weird because I'm shy there to talk is. to other people. Um, you know, so Josue. Uh, so thank you very much, uh, Josue uh, Cardenas, uh, for, for, for jumping in there and helping me out with the pronunciation. Uh, let's go to some new names here, Herb. Uh, maybe some familiar names, but uh, some new names. Uh, because we are looking at some 2023 potential candidates for the Chicago White Sox manager. If you missed the report um, from Mike Rodriguez of, I think it's Univision, uh, right? Univision. Um, Mike Rodriguez, you can follow him on Twitter at Mike Deportes. Um, he says source manager Tony LaRusso and the Chicago White Sox will end their relationship this season and he won't come back next season. Uh, that has been confirmed or at least uh confirmed by other sources that are hearing similar things. It hasn't been denied and it's only been confirmed by other sources. Um, so maybe, uh, you know, this, this seems to be the truth here, Herb, uh, that Tony LaRusso and the White Sox will not, end, it will end the relationship. Um, and that means no Tony in the, the, the upper deck, unless he's a guest of Jerry, right. He won't be, or at least this report basically saying, you know, Tony won't be mingling any White Sox business from here on out that they will be ending, uh, their relationship. So, uh, what do you make of that first? Because we talked a little bit about the pregame. We'll get to the manager candidates in a second uh but mm-hmm. we only talked about the pregame not the post games uh so let's get this on on record here uh what do we make of tony larusa not returning in 2023 it's the best case scenario for himself he gets to go out as a person that cannot continue because of illness or the heart not being able to withstand a 2023 rigors of a season 
instead of what he should have been fired for was poor managing. He was terrible at his job. And they always say you don't pay a manager for what he did. You pay him or you don't pay a player for what he did. You pay a player for what he's going to do. The White Sox paid and had Tony La Russa on their staff for what he did, not for what he was doing and not for what he was going to do. He was terrible at his job in the two years that he was here as a White Sox manager. And I know some say, hey, AL Central Championship in 2021. What's this show all about? Process over results. You saw a lot of mistakes Tony LaRusso made last year. The handling of uh, Yerming Mercedes last year. The actually telling Minnesota and encouraging him to plunk him and f- apologizing to Minnesota for what Yerming did. All the things he did last year. Running Liam Hendricks. What was that? In Cincinnati? As a in the right. extra innings, that's well, a mistake, big time yeah. thing. So he did a lot of things last year, but the team hit over him or pitched over him, and they won the AL Central, and then they got a boat race by the Astros. And then this year, there's so many mistakes that he made. He deserved to be fired so many times for his actual job. It's the best thing for Tony La Russa and his legacy that he can say to his friends, you know what, I would have done X, Y, and Z in 2023, but the heart, the pacemaker wasn't ready for it. So I get to, you know, go out in the sunset as a three-time World Series champion, a Hall of Fame baseball person. I don't lose that much face because I can save that story instead of saying I got fired, which he should have. So I'm glad that he's not returning. I want the man to have great health, live the next 20, 30, 40 years as much as he wants to and have a great time with it. But never, ever, ever. Talk to any White Sox official ever. Don't even think about the White Sox, Tony Russa. You're done. Right. And, and you know, what we've heard is, you know, the White Sox would, you know, never or Jerry Reinsdorf would never want to see the the headline White Sox fire uh, Tony La Russa ever again in the headline. So we really don't expect him to be fired. It's probably going to be Tony saying he walks away for health reasons. And, uh, you know, some of the reports that really haven't been uh, from, you know, I mean, Dan Bernstein is and, and, and Mike Rodriguez is, uh, but some of the other, uh, you know, uh, burners on White Sox Twitter are saying uh, it, it could be uh, it is health related. Why? So, you know, it wouldn't be Tony La Russa gets fired by the White Sox. It's Tony La Russa uh, leaves for health related purposes. And understandably, I mean, he's dealing with, um, as reported, uh, heart issues and, and and complications from from the uh, from the recent pace, pacemaker you got. Uh, implanted in spring training all right it is time to now after i finally logged into my email account give you the green ridge farm rates uh i want to let you know about green ridge farms i was at the jewels today herb and uh my girlfriend told me to pick up some ham and i was looking through my options and they had the crocus right and they had they had the 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 many other honey hams and then i said oh baby there's the champagne mustard and I mm-hmm. said, that's Herb's favorite. And Damn I said, right. oh, baby, there's the Chipotle mustard on the uh, the Jewel Deli. And then I looked in there, and there's the Green Ridge Farms, that beautiful, local, all-natural deli meat. Uh, they also have their sausages and, my favorite, their famous meat sticks. So I picked up a pound of their delicious ham at the Jewel today uh, from the Chicago local meat and cheese company that's offering you a better and all-natural option. And, again, they're very, very famous for their meat sticks. They're perfect for tailgating, happy hour, school lunches and these all natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours and with 16 grams of protein per stick uh, they make a perfect post-workout snack so when kevin wells and the wgn team kick odyssey's ass in softball uh you know they pound up uh with so they they gear up they, they refuel uh with some some green ridge farm meat sticks uh they come in chicken black forest beef and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili so right now when you order any three meat products at greenridgefarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. So again, when you order any three meat products at greenrichfarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. Also got to tell you about FOCO. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite sports teams like us. So get fitted in the best sports gear around. If you need a new hoodie, it is very cold. It was 48 degrees last night. Maybe you need a new blanket. FOCO's got you covered. Head over to FOCO.com, F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below. And for all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Again, click 
The link in the description below or check out FOCO, F-O-C-O.com. And for all non-presale items, use promo code CHGO for 10% off. When I am watching the White Sox, it's very fun to get distracted with the FOCO bobblehead list. And uh, just look at all the nice, pretty bobbleheads they have on sale at FOCO.com because the White Sox game can drag when they are playing like this. But hey, only two hours and 40 minutes, which probably meant Vinny Duber was very happy. Let's go out to Minnesota. Where Vinny Duber is. Uh, You can follow Vinny Duber on Twitter at Vinny Duber. It's 46 in Minneapolis, and Vinny Duber does not look happy. He's our CHGO beat writer covering the beat out in Minneapolis. How you doing, Vinny? Uh, I'm much warmer now that I'm in the Delta Sky 360 Club, so that's exciting. I've got the Hall of Famer uh, Tony Oliva behind me. Not not the real one, the real guy. He's he's here somewhere. I saw him earlier, but those are pictures of him back there. So we are broadcasting live from beautiful Target Field, which I do like. Target Field's a good good park. Herb, I'm sure you you have thoughts. I mean, I I just like the team, so I went there only one time, and I got kind of sick on the uh, fried walleye, and so I didn't like the place. But I should go back. But uh, where's a uh, Hall of Famer Rod Carew? He converted. <laughs> he converted. If, yes, he, he did. Converted. Yeah. <laughs> um, it looks like a great ballpark <laughs> at night, enjoyable, even though it's only forty six degrees there. How was the ride up there? Firstly, uh, did you listen to some good tunes, some Minnesota theme tunes? I did. Had the whole uh, listened to four Hold Steady albums, Ooh. listened to three Jayhawks albums, and uh, two Bob Dylan albums. So yes, it was a uh, it was a Minnesota themed road trip on the way up, uh, all the way through Wisconsin, of course, because you know uh, you're only you're you're in Illinois for like an hour and a half, then you're in minnesota for like a half hour before you get to minneapolis so because mostly wisconsin probably should have gone with some wisconsin songs but went with the minnesota ones because there aren't many wisconsin songs so there you go well good thing you avoided nashville and that way you weren't sequestered uh in uh in memphis Memphis. yeah damn it it's tennessee i was screwing up my cities uh all those hold steady fans will be upset Mm -hmm. um no no replacements for you what's going on no not not yet i haven't done a, a, a deep enough dive I'm going to withhold judgment there because I don't really know very much to, to back that up. But we'll right. have plenty of prints uh, the rest of the week, I'm sure. There you go. Uh, do yeah. you know the album uh, Let It Be by the Beatles? Yeah, I have it on vinyl. It's my only Beatles album. Yes. The, re- the replacements also have a Let It Be, and it's it's actually better. So I, I think you well, should that check can't it out. Be mm. but oh, That can't be mm. true. But I do know that to be a fact, yeah. The Beatles didn't write a ton of songs about uh, the male genitalia, and the replacements did. And that's what uh, set them apart. Uh, Anyways. They, they um, wrote a few. <laughs> Well, I mean, you'll see the the track list, and the, the replacements gotcha. were very graphic gotcha. about the, they were, they were, the, the use they were the word they on theme. Yeah, they were being punks. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, we heard it was media appreciation night. Uh, can you confirm that? Jason Benetti mentioned that on the broadcast. So you picked one hell of a day to go to Target Field. It's true. There were desserts. Um, nice. I had had some Oreo business uh, before before the game. Uh, I'm so you're hearing some some Target Field employees are. She sounds Minnesota. They're near me, so they sound they, nice. Yeah, they do. Uh, but yes, there it was media appreciation night. There were desserts that that some other folks partook in. Uh, and there was a little news before the game uh, started. Uh, Tim Anderson uh, shut down for the year. What did um, Miguel Cairo have to say about that? Yeah, he uh, – uh, yeah, Tim Anderson shut down for the rest of the year. That, that's what he had to say about it. Uh, you know, it's basically not enough time. There's not enough games left in the season to get T.A. back at 100%. He did say, did Miguel, that, you know, if they were in the playoff race, things might be a little different. You know, try and get Tim Anderson back there and, and do what he can do for you. It sounds like he's decently close, you know, that they maybe had him near 100% ready to come back. We're like, give it a day. We'll see how it feels. And after swinging – the day after he was swinging, he felt a little sore. So not uh, not going to bring him back and risk anything there, which, of course, makes complete sense with how important T.A. is uh, to, to this franchise. It does make sense. And then also, for some reason, I'm like, it doesn't make sense because with the White Sox, we know them kind of rushing guys back a little bit too soon, uh, you know, and, and maybe using uh, major league games as rehab. Uh, so it, w- it was a little weird uh, that he, he couldn't go, but it was just probably just not the right timing because I think it was truly six weeks uh, when he was put on the IL um, from the 20th of September, which was the first game of the Guardians series. So, um, you know, it's still maybe not 100 percent even to play. So, you know, even if you need to be at 75 percent to play, uh, not even at 100 percent, a.k.a like 75 percent to go so uh just unfortunate about tim anderson and the way his season ended especially uh you know having like the worst 40 games uh, to end that before the the injury happened but he was an all-star in 2022 so how, how will you remember 2022 for tim anderson Vinny? yeah i mean certainly not you know the the greatest year that he's had of the last three or four but um you know like you said he was an all-star and for a long stretch there he was extraordinarily deserving of being the 
starting shortstop in the all-star game. I mean, he was Tim Anderson for, for a nice stretch of this season. Um, and I think that's really, it, it more speaks to how he's evolved over time, maybe than exactly, you know, putting this year in a time capsule, but uh, that he's going to come back next year and there's not really going to be a question, right? Cause he's Tim Anderson. He's going to do what he always does like that. You are expecting him to just kind of come back and, and get right back to work, pick up where he left off, so to speak, even though this year where he left off, obviously you mentioned was in a bit of a slump. Um, I don't think anybody should expect that to continue uh, the way that Tim Anderson has established himself as a very consistent major league hitter. And, and when he is among the best that there are in this game. So um, Tim Anderson's going to be back next year. He's going to be the shortstop. And uh, you know, I think people should be getting excited to see him in April because he's probably going to do a lot of the same things that excited them over the past few years. Not much for me to talk about in this game. It was a... <laughs> not much for anybody to talk about in this game. Herb. This was Did you a, even uh... talk to Miguel Cairo after the game? Yeah. Okay, well, I didn't know because he gets ejected. I don't know what the rules are. Yes, you talk to the manager after he gets ejected, which makes it hilarious when a manager gets ejected in the first inning because it means they have to sit (laughs) around for nine innings, watch the entire game on TV, and don't really have much to say about the the decisions that were made the rest of the way, which is pretty entertaining. That's a lot of fire from Miguel Cairo on a check third. I mean, disagreeing with the umpire there, and then the home run hit pretty much the next couple pitches. What do you have to say about the umpire? I know baseball personnel usually can't speak about him unless they want to be a little lighter in the wallet. So did you have to say anything about his ejection there? I mean, he, you know, he, he basically said he, the umps missed the call, uh, both of them, you know, that, that there was a check swing and that call, I believe K zone said, or the game cast said it was in the strike zone. So uh, Miguel was pointing out that two umpires missed calls on that play. He also said, but we're human and that's okay. People make mistakes and moved on from that. So that wasn't really much of a talking point, obviously, what was a talking point for him. And he made it very clear and very simple. Every time he talked about it, can't win if you don't score runs. And uh, this White Sox offense was nothing doing tonight. Uh, uh, we've seen it too, way too many times this year um, tonight and, and really recent games since they lost that first game of the guardian series last week have, have a lot of them have looked like this uh, ranking right up there with the worst uh, of the year. And uh, I think everybody notices that we keep asking people in the clubhouse, you know, what gives, how do you guys kind of do this? Elvis Andrews said that, you know, that game against Cleveland, that Tuesday game where they did look good, where they did fight, uh, had an effect. They lost a tough game and that basically ended the season for them. And he said, when the competitiveness goes away, it is really hard to, to get it back. Um, it doesn't mean that anybody in that clubhouse doesn't want to finish strong, but they're having trouble doing it. Uh, they're having big time trouble doing it. Lance Lynn talking after the game said it's very important to finish strong. He was at because Miguel Cairo's today says pregame, which is again, it, it should go to show you how shocking this thing, whole thing has been that Miguel Cairo's being uh, out there saying, I want to finish above 500. It's important that we finish <laughs> above 500. I mean, Considering what the expectations were, man alive. But Mm -hmm. uh, Lance Lynn was asked after the game, is it important for you guys to finish in second place? Is it important for you guys to finish over 500? And he said, yeah, it is. He said, yeah, it is. So, I mean, they're playing for something. They're playing for pride. They're playing for themselves. Uh, They aren't doing a very good job of it here of late, but they uh, continue to insist that um, it is important that they win some games here over the next eight, regardless of what folks think in terms of where it's going to have them end up this season, because we know that it, that they're out of it, that it's over. They're not going to the playoffs. Um, but they uh, continue to insist that being professionals uh, is important and playing and showing up and, and showing effort is important. Uh, they're just having a really hard time getting that done right now. Yeah. Uh, escape from the madhouse that uh, Cairo has to fire into passion, my friends. Uh, and Lance Lynn also showing that as well. Uh, Lance Lynn, uh, very expl- uh, expletive, uh, dropping F-bombs. Well, uh, left what else right. is new? You know, what uh, else is new start. for Lance? It was a little bit louder uh, when the hits are falling in center field. Uh, it, you know, there's a little more emphasis on that. Ten uh, of but- them. Animal, yeah, right? ooh, a yeah. lot. Uh, two, two for every inning. Um, I want to talk about Mikel Cairo and the managerial situation. Uh, they broadcast St. Xavier commercials on the White Sox uh, home. Uh, what's what's it called? Home home broadcast. channel of uh, yeah, NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, and they don't talk about the journalism aspect. All right, I, I went to a journalism school, uh, the the Big J here. And uh, what I know is you need two sources to confirm a story. Um, so I don't know if this is confirming a story. I don't have anything, and this is uh, public knowledge. But Mike Rodriguez of Univision uh, reported yesterday yesterday 
manager Tony La Russa and the White Sox will end their relationship this season and he won't come back next year. And then Dan Bernstein of 670 score said, I'm indeed told this is true. La Russa will not turn to manage the White Sox in 2023 due to ongoing health concerns, unlikely to be involved in any capacity. Do you have any uh, thing to add or, or anything uh, against this? I mean, we really have only heard this stuff uh, you know, like Tony's not going to be back next year, but we haven't heard anything that he will be back. Uh, so uh, any update from the Sox officially? No, absolutely not. Uh, nothing official from the White Sox. Uh, I have not heard anything else uh, in that regard, um, nor do I want to criticize the reporting of anybody else. So I'm going to stay away from it. That said, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of times where uh, it serves you best to wait and, and hear and get that reporting to kind of roll up into a, into a, a bit more of a consensus. Um, so that we'll see if that's what happens. Uh, what I will say is it would be no surprise to me personally, if that is the way that things shake out. Um, I think you probably could have guessed that far before, uh, or, or you could have said that there would be no surprise in that outcome before Tony was dealing with the health issues. Certainly right now, I think uh, it would be even less of one because if he doesn't come back because of the doctors say he can't come back, then there you go. Um, you know, uh, again, I'm, I'm probably going to wait till I till I hear see things from uh, from from different folks. You know, to, from some some a greater number of folks out there that are usually uh, on the front lines, we'll call it, of, of this type of uh, story. Um, so you know, I, I I know I know what the the Twitter world is like, and I know that uh, you know. A lot of a lot of fans and a lot of folks out there see something like that and it becomes gospel to them. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, We operate a little bit differently, but again, it doesn't mean any of it's wrong. So I'm not going to jump out and and say anything like that. Um, But, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if that's the outcome here. I think we've been speculating uh, on the possibility of such an outcome, like I said, since way before the health issues started with just how this season was going and how disappointing it's been compared to the preseason expectations. So obviously we got some time before uh, anybody in the front office is going to address that. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll wait and find out. Uh, and they got eight games left to play. I was just wondering if Miguel or anybody had said anything about Dylan Cease and how they're going to try to use him in his last start or starts coming down the line because we know that he's in a race for the side Young where he's probably second or third right now behind Justin Verlander. Is there any extra emphasis on trying to get him some some postseason hardware where he can you know at least look good in his season and get some recognition for what he did this year? Um, I mean, I think you've seen it in that Dylan has pitched well enough to keep himself in the Cy Young race, and he's pitched well enough to keep himself in games. You know what I mean? I, I don't think uh, they're going to go blowing past any normal pitch count kind of thing and let him rack up 130 or anything like that. Uh, but if he keeps pitching well, there's no reason to, to, to you know, you, oh, we're going to shut him down because next year is important. We have to save the the final six innings off of this season. Now, nah, he is um, he was asked after his last start just the other day uh, on the south side, uh, you know, how do you feel? And he said, yeah, I got a lot left in the tank. So, I mean, this is a guy who who readied his body, it would seem, for seven, eight months of baseball, uh, you know, as they always say, when they show up at spring training, that, that, that that's the goal to, to, to be ready for that long of a stretch. It seems Dylan has done that. Not only that Dylan has pitched fantastically. Uh, and I think uh, they're going to let him continue to do so as long as he does. Now, if he has an abnormal start in his next outing and goes out there and gives up six runs in the first two innings, maybe that changes things obviously. But if he keeps being the Dylan sees that he's been all year long, there's no reason that they would baby him in his next start. Yeah, and I think we got to give uh, Dylan a ton of credit. I mean, last year, uh, 32 starts as well, uh, led the majors uh, in game start started. And, uh, I mean, there, there really hasn't been too many durability issues uh, with C. So uh, a credit to him and the fact that, you know, he's still got more of the tank. Uh, I, I think it would be dumb of him to say anything else. But also, I do believe him because it, it seemed like he was uh, really looking to push it. Who's bugging you? Oh, not, now you're muted yourself. Got an audience. Yeah, oh, got an boy. audience. Uh, hey, put them on camera. If, if they're, gonna they're start walking away, you. we weren't that um, interesting. Scaredy cats. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. I don't think I got too much. Oh, uh, is there any concern about Tim Anderson's health? Uh, there was a comment uh, here just looking, and I think it was uh, last time TA played more than 123 games in a season was 2018. Uh, he had an IL stint in the 60-game season, too. Uh, so is there any worry around the Sox or even from TA himself uh, about his durability? Because I mentioned you, you even said something about uh, – 
when he was coming back, uh, you know, he was like, not only is this my season, it's my career as well. Um, so is there any been any comments along those lines? No, I mean, that comment was referring to, I think, coming back too early. And I think the idea was, you know, yeah, he really wanted to play in those games back when they, you know, were still in the hunt there. Uh, you know, he really wanted to be a part of that and really help them what at the time was the hope get to October. Um, and I think that what that meant was he had to think twice about balancing that desire to come back and the risk of coming back way too soon. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Obviously he's been on the aisle a lot throughout his career, but I don't think it's been in an abnormal fashion. Um, this is really the first one that I can think of that's taken up a real lot of time. Um, there, there was that, that nasty ankle turn that he had in uh, Fenway park. Uh, that was 2019. I think, uh, if, if memory serves, um, you know, out in the rain, uh, that was that that looked a lot worse. I think than it ended up being um, there were the legs last year that were lingering. You know, you'll remember it, you know, through August and September there that that eventually did land him on the I.L. But at the at first there just kind of kept him out of games for a while. Um, I, I don't think that you can look at him and say anything like, you know, you would with a lawyer, you would with, you know, Luis Robert in terms of look at these all these significant injuries that have popped up in a very short amount of time. He's just kind of had baseball injuries and, uh, you know, they've knocked him out for, you know, a couple weeks at a time, two, three weeks at a time. Maybe this really is the first big one that I can think of. But, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't mean I think that anybody is concerned because, again, all those were separate body parts, uh, too. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's the same thing kind of, uh, you know, sapping games away from him over and over again. Well, yeah, and I learned what a sagittal band was this year. So um, exactly. I, de I definitely didn't know what the different, hell that different than, that different was. than a rock band, for sure. Yeah, yes, different than a rock band. And uh, you're right. Uh, 2019, June 26 uh, was the date uh, in Fenway Park. Uh, this is from Paul Sullivan of the trip. Uh, Tim Anderson limped across the White Sox clubhouse after a White Sox comeback victory, victory against uh, the Red Sox. And he said, it's just a part of the story, uh, part of life, man. You go through things and you learn things. It's just another thing I've got to go through. I'll be back. So if Tim's keeping that mentality about this injury, uh, we should expect Tim Anderson ready to be an all-star again in 2023. And last thing I got for you, Vinny, um, you don't have to tell us specifics, but uh, any plans of exploring the great Minnesota, St. Paul area in these last couple of days, next we'll couple see. days? We'll see. I was already able to squeeze in a Juicy Lucy, so that's uh, very exciting. So uh, uh, Matt's worth the uh, So I went to Matt's last summer. So this uh, this year I went to uh, the Five Eight Club, which is another uh, place that claims to be the the best one of those in town. So uh, I've knocked two off the list so far. So that's good. So so the verdict, which one's better? Well, yeah. What's the What's first off? What's the best burger in Chicago? And then how does a Juicy Lucy hold up? Oh boy. That's a good question. That first one. I don't know. I think I might have to go to the files for that one and, and, and okay. think it and figure it out. But, uh, you know, obviously, you know, what? little bad wolf's really good. Little bad wolf yeah. and Andersonville's really good. Uh, it's, it's the best. Yes. Yeah, and people like the Oshaval as they should. So uh, that, that one works too. But yeah, I think I'll go with little bad wolf uh, on my, on my vote there. Uh, a juicy Lucy is, is two burger patties around cheese. That's the specialty here in, in the twin cities. Uh, and yeah, I've, I've, like I said, I've knocked two off the list so far. And it's lava hot in the middle. Yeah, you gotta let it cool for a bit. <laughs> is it is it worth it though? Like, I mean, like, is it is it better than a normal burger? Like, do you understand not, the hype? I mean, I think the novelty of it is kind of the the, the main thing. I was I always love a re, uh, a local thing too. You know what I mean? When you've got a local thing, I'm all in. I want to I want to celebrate your local thing. Well, and I went to uh, a concert last night. I saw the Gaslight Anthem, and Brian Fallon's up there shitting on uh, Chicago uh, deep style pizza. And it's like, you know, we can be respectful. You're you're coming in here and being respectful of Minnesota's local product. You don't have, people love to attack, you know, deep dish style pizza. Knock it off. It's pizza, all right. And Tavern style is the real Chicago pizza. So if you have like a food take hey, about both, a different both can city, be good. It's all right. right. People, enjoy, people enjoy things, all right. Right. And also, Kevin Kevin points out a good one. Kevin, our producer, Kumas is a great spot on Belmont Avenue there in Avondale. That's a uh, that's another real winner. The thing is, they have so many. They have every different one is is could be the best burger. So they they might be the best burger place, but I don't know if they have, have the singular best burger. How about that? There's you, there's a good distinction for you burger heads. Go to Kumas Corner. Yeah, and their metal heads too. There you go. Because you can like, find rock bands. Because there. like Quiet Riot said, metal health will drive you mad. <laughs> nice. what you did there. And anybody from Minnesota? And anybody who's yeah. on the what the near west side, you can go to Mott Street or Mini Mott. They're delicious. A little umami flavor if you like that. I, I think I had a Mini Mott one and I wasn't I wasn't you in love with it. Overly impressed. Wasn't in love with it. <laughs> All right, Benny. Well, if you 
I mean, we'll talk to you tomorrow. So if you have any weird Minnesota stuff, uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you. I'll so, update you. I'll update you tomorrow night, guys. There you go. Uh, anything catching your eye that you're going to be writing about that people should be looking out on uh, allchgo.com yeah. for? Uh, okay. Yeah, I got something going up tonight, actually. Uh, playing a little what if with some of the stuff we heard from Miguel Cairo. Uh, I talked to Jimmy Lambert before the game. Uh, got a nice bit in there, too. So it's kind of a... Uh, Kind of a, a hodgepodge package of uh, little thoughts, if you will, but uh, kind of a what if so-and-so happens uh, with some of these guys for next season. Very awesome. You can check it out at allchgo.com and make sure you follow Vinny Duber on Twitter at Vinny Duber to see when he tweets that out and when that article goes live. Uh, he's our CHGO White Sox beat writer covering the team in Minnesota, which is very cool. It's very cool to see that Tony Oliva sign uh, behind you. So uh, have a good one, Vinny. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Thank you. Uh, I wish he said Tony Oliva was there uh, or Oliva was there. And I wish uh, Tony Oliva had the twins social media account access like Dick, Bu- Dick Bucca. Uh, Dick, what was, what's the, what's the score drop of uh, Dick, Dick Bucca? Dick Bucca uh, of Dick Bucca uh, doing the stuff on the Bears social media, which I, which I, I appreciate it. Uh, Dick Buckus, uh, a legend in his own right. And uh, we got Jordan a, Miller and Alex Rude in the same chat. Uh-oh. Oh, they're probably fighting. Um, let's get into allchgo.com. Vinny told you about it. He's got a new article coming out on allchgo.com. So if you want to become a member, head over to allchgo.com. You'll get access to our premium written content. So when Vinny Duber drops a hot, spicy article, you will be able to read that later. Like his what ifs and uh, also his chat with Jimmy Lambert. Um, he also recently covered how the White Sox are kind of stuck in 2023 uh, at certain positions. So if you want Yon Moncada off the team, Vinny tells you why that's probably not realistic. If you want Yasmani Grandal off the team, Vinny probably tells you why that's not realistic. So check out allchgo.com and become a member. And members also get access to our CHGO Discord. You can ask us questions. Um, it, we uh, did a Monday mailbag um, and we took all of the questions from our Discord chat. So we appreciate all of the Discord members in there. And if you sign up, you get a free shirt and you can check out all the shirts at chgolocker.com. I have the black chgo script one coming and it's at, I think the office is right now. So I'm excited to put that one on. You'll see me wearing it tomorrow when Herb and I are in the office. Uh, So check out allchgo.com and become a member today. And we have to tell you about game time. Herb's used game time. I've Mm -hmm. used game time. Steven's used game time. We love game time. It's the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports concerts and shows. Um, If you've ever dreamed about sitting behind home plate, it's possible with the game time app. The biggest last minute price drops can be found on the seats. You never thought you can buy game time has given us some fantastic deals to Sox games. We got three club level tickets for under $40. We got three bleacher tickets for, I think about $40 total Um, really yeah, total for all three. Um, A fantastic, fantastic deal for fans because it was created by fans. For the fans. So you won't find a better deal this season on White Sox t- tickets because Game Time guarantees the lowest price. Herb dealt with that in Atlanta. He bought the tickets on Game Time, saw the tickets were on uh, cheaper on a different site, and boom, he got his money back 110% um, in a Game Time uh, credit that he used for the White Sox games. So, I mean, it's it's a fantastic app that is going to be able to help you out whenever you want to go to an event. So if you love CHGO, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Uh, Alex Root says, I've used game time. And I remember he said he went to the Kid Cudi concert at the UC, enjoyed his time and got him through uh, game time. So uh, shout going out to tomorrow Alex. to the Philly Phillies game at Wrigley tomorrow. Aaron Nola. There you go. And, and he's uh, his, his other team is the uh, the Phillies and he used the game time app to get tickets to Wrigley and you can get tickets to the final uh, home series against the twins uh, when the Sox return home on October 3rd to October 5th. All right. Now time to get into the managerial portion. Herb, we've been waiting mm-hmm. long enough. Uh, let's see that list again, Kevin. Um, and one list on there or one name I want to cross off, but let's run through it first. Uh, mm-hmm. These are the lists that I've names that I put together and these aren't going to be the final names. This is just the first draft. All right, people will be having many different iterations of this. We'll probably have power rankings as well. Um, and I think one guy that we could put in there in probably the won't happen category will be Bruce Bochy, but let's go through it. Miguel Cairo. He's the current interim White Sox manager. We also have Andy Green. He's the current Cubs bench coach, Bob Guerin. He's currently the Dodgers bench coach, Bruce Bochy. He's a three-time world series manager, former manager of the Padres and Giants, George Lombard. He is the current Tigers bench coach and was formerly with the Dodgers as well. Joe Spada, who is the current Astros bench coach, John Farrell, who is the former World Series winner with the uh, Red Sox, was also a bench coach on the Red Sox in 2007 under Tito Francona and was the former manager of the Blue Jays. You also have Mark Loretta, who is a current Padres special assistant and was a former Cubs bench coach, Mar- uh, Matt Quattro. 
Quattraro. Oh my God, Matt Quattraro. Um, I've been working on that one, but just like Eric's name that I met yesterday in the Uptown Lounge, I got it. Uh, Kurt Ray's bench coach, uh, Pedro Griffolo. Now he's currently the Royals bench coach and Willie Harris, currently the Cubs third base coach. Willie Harris was a finalist uh, in the last uh, managerial search, if you want to call that uh, a search for Tony La Russa. He was a finalist for that job. Uh, so interesting name for uh, former White Sox fans who remember Willie from the 2005 team. But let's go to Bruce Bochy first because it's a name I want to cross off the list. And who other than Ozzie Guillen, who talked to Bruce Bochy himself, uh, uh, to tell you why Bruce Bochy won't be the manager? Everything about, about yeah, it. Well, a lot of things about it. Bruce Bochy? Bruce Bochy. Oh, Bruce we will die. Is he available? <laughs> no, Bruce is it worse, worse hell than Tony. He wants to manage it. No. I talked to him. He want me to be a third base coach for a French team right now. Back in the day, playing in Germany right now. Oh, there was. And the thing is, uh, no. No. I everything about, about yeah, it well, a lot of thing about it bruce so bochy? uh now it's now it's oh, looping bruce, but uh yeah ozzy's saying no he talked to uh bruce bochy there because bruce bochy is going to be managing the team france team and he was checking if ozzy wanted to coach third base for team france and uh, ozzy said no uh and he also said that uh bruce is in worse health than tony uh and that he would die um so i think we could cross out the possible soon to be dead bruce bochy if he stepped into a white Sox managerial uniform and I would really want Bruce Bochy to be the White Sox manager. I know he's got success. People in San Diego and people in San Francisco swear by him. But I don't want to pull a guy out of retirement uh, for a 162-game season as he is up there in age. And as Ozzy says, the test he did, he's in worse shape physically than Tony La Russa. This is a grind for somebody. The travel, all the lack of sleep, all the stuff that you have to do as a major league manager, I do not want somebody you need to coax out of there and then also have to worry about their health so i just want bruce to enjoy his retirement and enjoy that he'll be in the hall of fame soon i would have liked bruce Bochy as the manager in 2020 um or 2021 right i i would have been down for bruce Bochy as the manager but right i mean the same reason why tony shouldn't come back is the reason why bruce shouldn't come back is because uh health is more important uh and this is why mitch rosen always told hosts to reset uh because live and amplified jumping in our live chat saying did i miss something did they announce larusa wasn't coming back or is this speculative uh, as we mentioned with vinnie larusa uh vinnie larusa uh vinnie Duber, uh earlier uh that there has been no official confirmation but we have two sources uh mike rodriguez and dan bernstein uh, Mike Rodriguez had a first of Univision uh, saying that the White Sox and Tony LaRusso will end their relationship. And then Dan Bernstein uh, followed up and saying that he also heard it was true. Uh, no confirmation from the White Sox. So we can't say it's official news, but this is speculative. We got to get ahead of it, right? We got to get ahead of the curve. Uh, but then also uh, we got our guy, uh, Joe R saying, why isn't AJ Pruszynski on this list? I'll bet 10 bucks he gets the job. But let's look at that list again. I didn't read off Ozzy Guillen's name. I didn't read off AJ Pruszynski's name. And I didn't read off Paul Konerko's name. Reason why uh, I think that all of them or options i just don't want to really give them credit i was just giving credit to people who have managed or are currently managing or coaches somewhere um so let's go to john Heyman real quick because joey cora isn't on this name list as well and sandy alomar isn't on this list as well i think sandy alomar would be a good uh fill-in but i think that tito francona will be retiring after this year and i think sandy alomar likely will get that job but if not he'll probably just be the bench coach with the guardians i really don't see that squad breaking up i think they're just tito's squad and i think the guardians have treated their coach as well i would really see them i would I'd find it shocking them to, to break up that brain trust so i i think sandy alomar and you could add joey cora as well but uh let's go to john Heyman because i don't think this was supposed to be in this off-season podcast uh but i remember it when we were working at odyssey herb and this is uh from a uh, credit to big time baseball um from odyssey sports this is john Heyman speaking on ozzy Guillen and uh joey cora it was in reference to joey cora uh becoming the third base coach for the mets but uh you can play kevin he was a terrific player a little fellow smaller than alex even and uh really uh really was a terrific two-way player with the white Sox, i believe as well wasn't he with the white Sox? i'm not Padres. sure he, he coached with the white Sox. i know uh, mm -hmm. under Ozzie Guillen and uh, really probably did all the work uh, at that point. So. <laughs> That's off the well, record. That's off uh, the well, we'll edit it out. <laughs> it was a terrific. So Cody Decker saying, <laughs> we'll edit it out. That one didn't get edited out, but uh, there that's the that's the rumor I heard was that Joey Cora was the, the man pulling the strings, that Ozzy was a uh, figurehead uh, in the managerial role. Um, I don't know how much truth it is, but John Heyman uh, meant to, to be off the record, but it well, wasn't. Um, we have record of it. So uh, what do you make of that, Herbie? Well, grain of salt with John Heyman because he sucks. Um, secondly, 
a manager should be the CEO, should be delegating power. His job as a manager should be, I'm going to step away. You know, I'll do the lineups. I'll do the pitching changes. But you guys are my lieutenants. You you put my battle standard out there to the players. Joey Core, if you have a strategy for me, I'm in. I'm all in. Same thing with Don Cooper. Same thing with the batting coach. Tell me what you want. Tell me what I should do, and I'll assess it. And as the leader of this group, I'll make the right choice for everybody. But I'm sure Ozzy has no problem with getting credit to La Chispa, uh, Joey Cora. There's no problem there because they're such close friends. And Joey Cora left his organization in a bad way because of what Ozzy Guillen, you know, when he left in 2011 to take the Marlins job, he, Joey Cora was passed over to give the job to Don Cooper for the final three games. And he was pretty much dismissed the same time Ozzy was left. So there's probably not going to be a Joey Cora reunion here with the White Sox. And I don't necessarily want one because he's not really qualified for the job. I mean, he has the experience, he has the bona fides. But for me, for this job, I want somebody who was either up and coming and hot candidate or a second guy. Like, And I know Escape from the Madhouse says no retreads, but if you look at some of the best managers in baseball, they have experience being a manager before this. You talk about Bob Melvin. He's been in Arizona. He's been in mm -hmm. Oakland. Now he's in San Diego. He's getting the job done. He is one of the best managers in the game. Dusty Baker, we always talk about him. Five different teams to the postseason. Hasn't won yet, but he has experience in doing the job. This is what I want from the job, either a guy that has done the job or a hot candidate that the White Sox can get that has an innovative way about him. Yeah, and I mean, we could just look at the playoff teams right now um, and and see, you know, who who's leading those teams. I, I think we both think managers don't matter. Um, Aaron Boone was a guy that was basically just plucked, no managerial experience, former Yankee. They liked his demeanor. They liked his mindset. Obviously comes from a baseball ma my, uh, background and baseball family, uh, and Aaron Boone's done a good job uh, as the Yankees manager. Owner. Um, yeah, well, then I was going to go there. Tito Francona, who, who, who won the division uh, this year, did it in Boston and has done it in Cleveland. Uh, you mentioned Dusty. Scott Service has been doing this since 2016, but he was picked just to be the, the Mariners manager. Like he, he's only been the Mariners manager. Um, and you, you look at uh, Buck Showalter, Buck's done it everywhere. Um, Brian, Stick, uh, Brian Sticker's just done it in the Braves organization, right? Uh, and he's really just been a lifer in that organization. Um, so I, I really, and uh, the Cardinals guy, that guy was up and coming as well. Chris Oliver, Oliver Marmol. Yeah, Marmol that's, was, why, that's why they fired um, Schilt. Schilt yeah. Because they like, we got this guy and there was a toxic relationship with uh, Mike Schilt and the Cardinals, even though Schilt got the job done winning like the last 16 games of the regular season last year. Kevin Cash too, kind of in that Aaron Boone mold uh, of the Rays. You, you, you mentioned that with uh, the, the Cardinals, we kind of saw that play out with the Blue Jays as well. The Blue Jays like the, the different guy and they, they, they ousted Charlie Montoya and replaced him. Uh, and then you see the Dodgers, Dave Roberts didn't have managerial experience before this, uh, but here he is, you know, and he's been kicking asses, the, the, the Dodgers manager. And then the other guy that's in the postseason or will be in the postseason, uh, your guy, Bob Melvin. So um, it's, it's basically retreads or it is, um, in some ways, you know, those up and comers that you're talking about. So if we look at that list again, um, you know, the retreads would be, um, I guess, in a way, Miguel Cairo. Um, Andy Green's a, a retread. Andy he Green had, would be a retread. He had a cup of coffee with the Padres where he was terrible. Yeah, but that's it. Those are, those are the Guerin. retreads there. Oh, Bob, Bob Guerin, he Bob Guerin. puts them, uh, I think, the, the A's. A's real quick. Yeah, and then he um, – I was reading this. And then 2016, he didn't want to go away. Like, he didn't want to go away from Southern California. So that's kind of like he's a, he's an iffy guy. I don't even know if he would want to leave the Dodgers. Like, I don't even know. Like, he's he's winning in Los Angeles right now. I just don't know if he wants to be the guy. And then um, another guy, John Farrell, who's right. a former oh. Blue Jays slash uh, Red Sox. And a, and a winning a manager won a World Series out there with the Blue Jays. There you go. Uh, and uh, Red Sox, not Blue Jays. Uh, Blue Jays Red haven't Sox, won one sorry. since the 90s. Oh, you're all good. Bad. Um, but yeah, those those would be the retreads. The up-and-comers, though, in that one, um, I think you could probably throw in George Lombard. Uh, hasn't had a managerial uh, job yet, um, but he is still a, a guy that's been in 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 the league. Uh, Joe Espada, an interesting name coming out of Houston. I think he's mostly the favorite uh, from what we've seen. You could go and steal somebody from the division uh, in George Lombard or uh, Pedro Grifolo, uh, who I think the that that is the lead 
leading candidate to possibly replace Mike Matheny. Uh, but also there's a new general manager in town uh, as Dayton Moore was ousted in Kansas City. So we'll see if maybe they just want a completely new regime there. So a lot of different interesting names there. And I think you could even toss in AJ Pruszynski and Paul Konerko. Um, I don't know how seriously you want to, but uh, what do you make of AJ or Pauly? Before I get to that, Jordan, Tito, Terry Francona is called Tito too. We understand his dad who has passed is, was also called Tito, but people refer to Terry Francona as Tito also. I had no so, idea that uh, there was a, a Tito dad. I just, yes. I just knew Terry Francona. As a and he Tito. played for the White Sox for a brief time too. Tito Francona did. Um, and of course, Terry Francona uh, coached in the White Sox organization with the Barons and then also Arizona Ooh. Fall League and coached this guy named Michael Jordan. Yes, he did. Uh, Al Red uh, mentioning Joe Girardi. We this is the quick mention no, that I want to say there. Yeah, no sir is good. Um, we could add him to the Bo, uh, Bruce Bochy one. Um, he just did horrible in Philadelphia. I'm good on, on Joe Girardi. He's a hard ass, and I'm, I'll pass on Girardi. No one else wants. This is the thing. No one else wants AJ Brzezinski. No one else knocking down the door to get AJ Brzezinski. No one else is knocking down the door to get Paul Konerko. Only the White Sox to do White Sox things. No, we've seen this with Robin Ventura. Do you want to hate A.J. Brzezinski for the rest of your life? Do you want to think of A.J. Brzezinski as the shite manager that ruined the White Sox during the opening of the window? No. They has no baseball experience. And I think A.J. would get in a fight with most of the players there because he's kind of a hard ass and wouldn't do right by the players. Paul Konerko's chilling in Arizona. To have him come here as a young family, no. He wouldn't want to do it. And I don't think he has the acumen to be a really good baseball manager as i said no one's checking for these guys let's let's finally go and get the hot candidate let's finally go and get the candidate who's actually been there understands how to manage the game and probably learn some things from the things they did earlier in their life where they messed up and they didn't get the job done and then they come here and they're like okay this is what i would do if i had a second or third chance and if they got a second or third chance they would do it much better so no aj and paulie no I would not do that. They're not active managers. They're not never been coaches in the major leagues. So why would we want to go for those guys just for nostalgia? No, that's well, the only reason why we do it. Yeah, right. And just to stick on the nostalgia train, um, Ozzy, you, you heard the John Heyman comments about uh, what, what Ozzy might have did or didn't do uh, for the 2005 team. But yeah, the first thing that they did in the managerial search was to call uh, when Ricky Renteria was fired was to call Ozzy and say, hey, you're not getting the job. So I, I don't think Ozzy would be the guy, but AJ, I don't know. I, I could see Jerry having a fondness towards him. And obviously we know Kenny has a fondness towards Paul Canerco. So um, that's the, that's the, that's the reason I bring those two up. I, I want to be serious and have a serious conversation and talk about, you know, the possible up and comers and talk about maybe the retreads that could be interesting. And maybe the guys that could bring, you know, outside perspective or influence from other teams and, and help the White Sox do things differently because White Sox business is bad. White Sox business is failing. Um, and the White Sox business has been failing for a while now. And that that's the issue is it's, it's so insular and, and the, the circle of trust is so small and that circle needs to be broken. So I wouldn't be shocked if that circle isn't broken and they just let in another one in as in Paul Konerko or AJ Pruszynski to be the manager. Um, I would be shocked by Ozzy, but if we're talking about, you know, the other options that aren't on the board, I want to put the serious ones on the board. That's what I want to talk about. But um, I, I think at least here, uh, we do just have to give notice that they can pull a White Sox thing. Um, but I, I did try to uh, also include Mike Schilt into that list because I think there is the possible influence of Tony La Russa as well. They mm -hmm. might end their relationship of him as manager, but he's still probably going to be in Jerry Reinsdorf's ear. And this is what Tony La Russa had to say about Mike Schilt getting fired fired and we don't really hear tony get fired up um we really don't get tony you know really uh jazzed up but this is from bob nightingale's story back in spring training about mike schilt getting fired that one frosted my ass said larusa <laughs> said my comment was that if it was toxic it must be in the front office i'm for the cardinals everybody makes their own decision but when you start talking about that it might damage his chance to manage again for those that don't know any better he did a hell of a job Philosophical differences, okay, but toxic, he's a special guy. That's why it's so important for his reputation to be intact and not smeared. Do you know what's a way to not smear Mike Schilt's reputation? Get him an interview, get him in the door somewhere, and if Jerry's done a favor to Tony, getting him back in the dugout as the manager, I wouldn't be shocked if Mike Schilt shows up in a suit and tie to guaranteed right field or wherever the fuck they're holding their interviews and him walking in and saying, how do you do? I'm Mike Schilton. <laughs> hands his resume over and then 
you know, Tony LaRusso is like clapping in the background or, you know, him and Jerry are at lunch the same day. Like I, I could see that happening. So um, Schultz is definitely probably a candidate and probably should be on that list as well. I'm good. I'm real good. I don't need any more old school, especially not Cardinal way people. I don't need that whole thing. The thing I need is change in the White Sox organization. So any influence from Tony LaRusso, I'm good on. I understand that this was probably going to happen. The The influence from Tony LaRusso will still be there because Jerry still likes Tony, and it's probably breaking his heart that he can't have his guy win for him. At least he doesn't have to fire him this time. But my guy, and I know we haven't got to here yet, would be Joe Espada if he is available. Many are saying that he is the successor. He's the manager in waiting for when Dusty Baker steps aside and retires out there in Houston. But to get Joe Espada here, you probably got to tell him, hey, man, we'll do things a little bit more like your way if you want to be the head boss here at the White Sox. Now, Rick Hahn would probably say, hey, I'm still in the charge. You know, Kenny's above me. But if you want more analytics like you do in uh, Houston, you want more uh, input from different sources out there, you want more scouting. If you want want more technology in the outfield pointed at the catcher. Yeah, you want better coaches. We'll fire Daryl Boston. We'll fire Joe McEwing. Things like that. I just need duty trash cans. I just need different things than what the White Sox have been doing for year on year on year and not firing people. I need a different blood in here. I need a guy that sees things from the outside, as we saw with Cueto. We saw with Elvis Andres. When they came here, they said, ugh, this is not how you do baseball. This is not how you, you get ready for a game. Kendall Graveman said it. Dallas Keuchel said it. Outside sources see the flaws in the White Sox system and organization, and they don't like it. I need a guy who's in charge or has a little bit more stake in the game and the manager to say that. I know they're not going to fire the baseball ops and the general manager. So let's get a guy who's in charge of the bench stuff that can change the stuff from on the field and in the clubhouse if he can't change all the stuff that's in the front office. I just need different things from the White Sox, as you see today. The lack of effort, the excuses, the whole year of going 75%, the injuries, constant injuries. This is White Sox baseball. This is what we've been known for the last couple of years. I think a different blood and a new guy and a guy that speaks the language of the players, Joe Espada does, would be good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for Espada. And if the White Sox want to be bold and make the right choice, I think it's it'd be hiring Joe Espada, but, but also it's about doing it the right way. It's not just hiring the guy and thinking it's going to work. It's not just putting in an engine into a 96 Toyota Camry and hoping that it's going to be, you know, this great piece of uh, a vehicle. I don't know shit about cars. Uh, that's the only thing I could th- think about, though, is dropping a nice engine to a piece of shit car. Um, like wow, it, it just, Toyota it, Camry taking it, a sideswipe. Well, it's well, like I said, 96 to make it old, too. Um, <laughs> I it just it just seems like or or maybe having a tesla and do they even have oil in those um you know it's it's like taking a tesla 100,000 miles and not giving it an oil change if they those are that. those are trash cars um, anyways right but it's just it's just it's mismanagement and we know the white Sox to be mismanagers so i would like the white Sox to do it and do it right so if they go out and get joe espada and make that bold move and go and get uh, the astros guy will also then go and get all of their analytics people as well or, or go out and get people of that mind and, and just do it the right way. Build up depth and not just try to get one person to, to, to be the solution, right? Like if you are trying to fill the bullpen hole, maybe Joe Kelly at 7 million doesn't make sense, but seven relievers at 1 million makes sense because still you and Charlotte were completely thin with pitchers. Um, like it's just complete mismanagement up and down the roster and organization. So if you're going to do it, do it right. Don't do this Paul Konerko, AJ Pruszynski bull crap. Don't do the Ozzie Guillen thing. Do it right. Go out and get the guy because this team needs the guy. Because you saw that in 2016 with the Cubs and Joe Madden. He wasn't the guy for the entire window, but he was the guy for 2016. He wasn't the guy to build that team up into a dynasty, but he was the guy to win then. Joe Madden with this organization, train wreck. absolute train wreck no thank you he'd be fun to hear from he'd bring energy joe madden you you worked with joe madden at the score um Mm -hmm. nice guy great person right um but just no it would not work um so i I would just like the white Sox to do it right and if they do if they do it wrong 
do it wrong in horrible fashion. Hire Paul Konerko, hire AJ Pruszynski, right? Just do it either completely right or completely wrong. And Joe Madden would actually love the White Sox current staff as they only have like five on their analytics staff. He's been talking like we've been going way too far on the analytics thing. We need to zig when they're zagging. And so he's been talking. And I think recently a couple of weeks ago with uh, Bruce Levine and David Haw on inside the clubhouse on the six minutes score saying that he would want, if he had a new job or a different job, having a less analytic based thing, you could still have it, but you know, you would be more, you know, gut and things like that. And White Sox already been there. That's Ricky Renteria. Yes, it was Ricky Renteria. And they would just be following in the Cubs footsteps again. Uh, and I do want to just wrap this all up because we'll continue this talk about the managerial uh, possibilities. And obviously if Tony Lewis is coming back, we won't have to have this talk. Um, but we haven't heard news to that side of the story. So it's mainly just been, uh, they're going to be ending their relationship, but uh, we'll probably put these guys into tiers and, you know, people we want like Joe Espada will be at the top tier, Bruce Bochy will be at the bottom. And then we'll, we'll filter all these guys in and out where we'd be happy or excited about them, uh, mad or sad. You know, we'll, we'll give you all the breakdown throughout the week because we don't expect the white Sox win this week. Do we? I mean, they should, it's just the Minnesota goddamn twins and they're weird, but you know, they're not giving effort. So, Tough to win when you don't score runs. What are you, uh, two runs per game? And today you scored <laughs> Zero. none. So yeah. it's even less than that. I think someone said it before in our pregame that they'd score seven runs this series. So all they need to do is score four and three in the next two. And that prediction's correct. Um, final thing. Uh, my guy Clark said at uh, 946, Sean's green chair either costs some money or he liberated it from some grandma's house or sidewalk. The second half of that is correct. Uh, my girlfriend and I on a very, very snowy day, drove out to the West Burbs to a grandma's house. Uh, sad story because the person uh, who owned the chair had dementia and the kids were selling it because, you know, they had to get rid of the stuff. Um, but Clark, if you want it, there was a second one. It was it was a pair of chairs. Um, so it's green velvet. And I almost slipped and busted my head open on their uh, their sidewalk because I was carrying this chair trying to get it into the car. And uh, the car uh, really didn't. I mean, that, that chair isn't really car shaped, Herb. Um, so I almost broke my head on a stranger's uh, driveway and the car almost didn't fit. Uh, the, the chair almost didn't fit in the car. Uh, so I almost drove out to the West Burbs uh, for a chair, not coming back with a chair. Uh, but my girlfriend was happy that the chair fit was fit in the car and uh, that I didn't bust my skull open on those uh, those people's driveway. So, uh, Clark, what is you want the other velvet? chair? Beautiful. <laughs> it is velvet. Thank you. Uh, was that a uh, who's that coming to America? Oh, Eddie okay. Murphy. It sounded like you were doing a Super Dave impersonation. Oh. Um, Rest in peace, Super Dave. R.I.P. Uh, Sky points to Super Dave. All right, that's going to wrap up everything for the CHGO White Sox podcast. Appreciate all of you just, I mean, truly um, masochistic Sox fans. Um, I appreciate you, yeah. You. Like here after a loss, the seventh in a row at the end of the season where no one's doing anything. I mean, it's appreciated all you people who are watching. And if you're listening on the podcast on uh, Tuesday or uh, Wednesday morning, man, mercy. My guy, Eric, I hope you have a good day at 3 a.m. I'm sorry I, I, I butchered your name there, but I do appreciate you introducing yourself. And uh, that's that's maybe the moral of the story. If you see Herb and I outside um, and actually in real life, please do not be afraid because we're probably more nervous than you are. Um, so if you're if you're coming up and, and introducing yourself, uh, the last thing uh, that you're going to you're going to get is a as uh, a hostile interaction. We'll, we'll be meeting you hopefully with a big smile and uh, a lot of questions about who you are. And uh, I learned a lot about Eric. Uh, and almost forgot his name, uh, which is, you know, I could tell you everything else about the man, but I, uh, I, I screwed up on that. But anyways, Matthew, that, we hate this team also with you. Ding. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckermall 23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox and make sure to follow uh, Vinny Duber on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Uh, he just posted his most recent article. He wrote about the what ifs around the White Sox and about what Miguel Cairo had to say today. So check that out on all CHGO.com. Thank you to Kevin Wells for producing this show and again for kicking Odyssey's ass in the Cup Media Softball League. Congrats to WGN TV for the win. Radio. And uh, what was that? WGN Radio, right? Was it radio or TV, Kevin? I thought it was radio, uh, TV. No, there was no. I know he's radio. Oh, he's not going to pop into the chat. Yeah, oh, it's, it's... It was radio. Okay. Um, so I, I was wondering too. I, I, Carm wasn't WGN TV. And uh, yeah, that Larry, makes sense now. Larry Potash wasn't there. Carm was having the Robin the, Baumgartner the wasn't there. Yeah, well, you know, where's Thomas Sulo when you need him? Uh, anyways, uh, 
Thank you to Fleetwood Mac for your 1979 album, uh, Tusk, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Go White Sox.